And I think we don't consciously all the time recognize that we're choosing into loss as well, instead of choosing gain when we do have that opportunity. I mean, it's it's been 21 years now since my son passed away and I really do consider it my greatest gift. I mean, he birthed who I am, you know, the, the, his death birthed me for sure. Hey, midlifers, welcome to the Midlife Makeover Show. Are you ready to break free from your mundane midlife? Are you feeling trapped in a vicious cycle of rinse and repeat days? No matter if you're experiencing a divorce hangover, job burnout, or you just have the midlife blues, I got you. Hey, I'm Wendy, your hostess of the Midlife Mostess. I too was hit by midlife like a freight train. I too felt stuck in the same dull chapter. I wanted the clarity of how to create a new life beyond divorce and the courage to leave an unfulfilling career. But I kept telling myself that I wasn't worthy and it was just easier to stay in my comfort zone until I found a little secret, the freedom to live my life my way. In this podcast, you will learn how to achieve a vibrant midlife mind and body, how to create solid relationships through love and loss, and how to create an awesome second half of life. Grab your grande latte, pop in your earbuds, and let's get this midlife party started. Everyone, welcome back to the Midlife Makeover Show. Wendy Valentine here with an absolutely gorgeous guest that is going to bring us so much amazing, beautiful, feminine energy. Yes, we all need that. Especially, I think this episode is going to come out at the end of the year, so we could all use a little boost. <laughs> for 2024. Sounds so weird, 2024. Our guest today is Tara Marino. She is the founder and CEO of Elegant Femme, a French clothing designer and a mentor for women returning to the truth of their souls worldwide. Years before she created the Femme Types, Elegant Femme Programs, or ran a multi-million dollar business, she was a young woman in need of healing power. After tragically losing her newborn son, that is so awful. I have a hard time reading that. Um, She turned inward, uncovering the beauty and abundance around her and slowly but surely returned to wholeness. Miraculously, that journey revealed her life's purpose to support women as they awaken the truth of their feminine souls. Oh, yes. Countless experiences before, during, and after her healing journey from obtaining degrees in international business, French, ooh, wee oui, wee. Oui. You know, I went to school in Paris. <laughs> I forgot to tell you that. And psychology to years of intensive IVF to living in France with her family to designing a clothing line featured in Paris Fashion Week. Wow. Each moment delivered her spiritual growth and feminine power. She now supports thousands of elegant femmes around the globe as they do the same through online programs and private mentorship. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much. And I love your authenticity in reading that, you know, like actually reading it and hearing it and feeling it. And it's not just robotic something you're saying, you know, thank you. when we recount our own stories or someone else's, it can just be words, but it's not like we're all here to this, you know? Thank you. Yeah. I tell you what, like I, I actually read it before we got on here and I did cry when I read about your son and, um, 
I was like, okay, that's a good thing I read that because otherwise I would have like lost it right here, which is fine. I mean, my audience knows I've cried on here before, but yes, like I, I feel like, and that's, I don't know. Like, I feel like that's why we, why you and I do what we do and why we share our stories. We all, everyone has a story and we learn through our stories. Our life is one big story. And yeah, I am so sorry for your loss. And, but I tell you what though, I am so incredibly proud of you for making such a breakthrough from what can really break someone. Yeah. Yeah. So true. I mean, I think the statistics are like 85% of couples that lose a child don't stay together. Yeah. And I think, you know, whether it's some loss like that, that someone's experienced or just even any kind of intensity where we have those defining moments in our lives, it's a constant choice yep. like again and again and again, you know, what, what are we going to choose? Yep. You're so yeah. right. I was thinking about that too. And I, I had someone on the show not too long ago and we were talking about you know, especially at midlife, it's like all the losses. We talk about, oh my God, I'm losing right. estrogen. I'm losing the birdies right. in the nest. I'm losing, you know, a, a career or a marriage or a relationship and friends and parents, you know, but what about the gains there? Yeah. And the gain, I feel like that's definitely a choice. Sometimes mm-hmm. losses are beyond our control, right? Like, I mean, we've all lost things in our lives. That's like, shit, I didn't yeah. even know you're going to lose that. And you lose those things, but it's really turning that those losses into gains and the breakdowns to the breakthroughs. A hundred percent. And I love how you said that. We can't always choose the loss, but we can always choose the gain. We yeah. can always. And I think we don't consciously all the time recognize that we're choosing into loss as well, instead of yeah. choosing gain when we do have that opportunity. I mean, it's it's been... 21 years now since my son passed away. And I really do consider it my greatest gift. I mean, he birthed who I am, you know, his death birthed me for sure. Oh, damn, that was good. Yeah. 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 Right. That was good. I know that was so good. (laughs) I'm I'm, I'm still absorbing it. I'm like, wow. Yeah. But in what way did it? So in that moment, I mean, and when I say moment, Mm-hmm. Let's be so real together, right? It was a full year of Xanax and red wine were for me to stop hating God and hating the world and hating myself and hating my body. Mm-hmm. And yet in that moment of his of his death, this cascading feeling inside of me of not only did I quote unquote lose a child, but I felt like I lost my entire identity. Mm-hmm. I was just 26 years old. It was, Mason was born the day before my 26th birthday. So the 4th and the 5th of February are very intense in my life. And I thought my life was set. You know, that question that so many of us have, which I think this is, I think this is going to come full circle for us today. That question of, you know, who am I? What am I here to do? What's my purpose? So that question had, I think, surfaced for me quite young little girl, like thinking about it all the time. So when I found out I was pregnant, I was like, okay, this question is complete. I now know who I am, why I'm here and what I'm here to do. Okay. I'm going to be the best mother I can possibly be. I felt a relief on my, on my heart. Now I know who I am. So when Mason passed, it was yes, the loss of a child, but I felt also this intense loss of who am I? 
Now, why am I here? What do I do with all of this? And I do think that we revisit, at least I have, that question in midlife. Yep. Who am I? Why am I here? What am I doing? Again, that that choice and that that power that we all have, no matter what it is that we've been through, to to co-create at the highest levels possible. Yeah, very well That's- said. It it reminds me of um, I went to this retreat as the Deepak Chopra retreat in uh, Florida. And it was like one of the very first ones I did. I can't remember what it was called, but it was a very, very spiritual retreat, tons of meditation, which I was not, you know, used to like just sitting for an hour and like doing nothing. And I was like, oh my God, I'm dying here. And um, there was this one thing where you had to get, you know, turn to the person next to you and you would ask, you know, you would say, who am I? Like, what am I? Who am I? And then the the person would like keep asking you, so who who are you? Who are you? And then I'd say, I'm a mother, I'm a daughter, yeah. I'm a sister, I'm a business owner, I'm, you know, graduate of blah, blah, blah. Like you just keep going. And they're like, who are you? Who are you? Who are you? And then finally, like I ran out of labels. Yeah. And then I can remember, I went back to my hotel room after that and I was like, shit, who am I? Yeah. And I think that's what it is. Like when you remove all those labels, it's when you realize who you are, like that's, that's the sweet spot mm-hmm. that you are much more than the labels, mm-hmm. much more than how many Instagram followers you have. You know? <laughs> yeah. Like the things that we concentrate on nowadays, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're so much more than that. And I feel yeah. like that's where your power is. That's where that's where energy really starts to flow through your life. And it's just like, ah, oh, this nice, beautiful, clear stream, instead of it being this like murky puddle that kind of gets stuck. Like it's up to us to kind of remove those labels and know that we're much more than all of that. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. And, you know, we can, we can live through the labels, like who we are. Yeah. Like we can say, okay, ultimately we're love, we're, we're co-creators with God. We can frame it however each of us individually, we're, we're beauty, we're whatever it is that feels congruent. And yet, and, and then allow ourselves to live through the label or the experience of a mother, uh, a wife, a business owner, right? The, the essence of who we are then gets to experience itself through mm-hmm. us as, as a reflection, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's really you, like after your son passed. What? How did you? How did you peel yourself off off the floor, if you will? And and how did you? I mean, was it just like I would imagine, just like a lot of grieving, and then finally, like, oh, like how did you do that? Yeah, I mean, really, the first year was such a blur, and yeah. I think. It's something I pay attention to now when people have lost someone that they love. It's that there seems to be an outpouring of compassion initially. And then there's like this lull where I think, understandably, people Mm -hmm. get on with their lives, understandably, and somehow don't want to like mention it again as if you've forgotten as well. So that first year is, is quite intense. So it was at the end of that first year that I was sitting on the floor in Arizona in front of our fireplace, and I was surrounded by paperwork because Mm -hmm. there was an opportunity to file a lawsuit. And as I was Mm -hmm. sitting there, just I was asking the question, 
why me? Why me? Why am I being punished? And, you know, we get the answer to the question we're asking. So this was a very victim, again, understandably so, but this was a very victim question that I was coming up with all sorts of reasons why I deserved this and why I should be punished. And, you know, I had an abortion when I was 17. So my, Mm -hmm. it was really clear. Well, you took a life now. I mean, it was very intense what I was moving Mm -hmm. through. And I heard a voice say, stop asking why and start Mm -hmm. asking how. Mm -hmm sat there like what like how are you going to respond to this Tara like and at that point the evolution that was available to me at least in my awareness was how can I be the kind of mother Mason would have wanted me to be like that was the closest I could get at that point but that initial shift I did feel a sense of power Mm -hmm. I did feel a sense of choice and this subtle voice over time, I started naming my indie and I started journaling with my indie. Now, granted, I had a C-section. I had a very pregnant body. I had been breastfeeding. So I had a freezer full of breast milk. Mm. So it was daily that someone would ask me where the baby was because mm. I still looked pregnant. So I hated my body. So simple things like taking a shower were actually a huge, a huge movement for me. And I started connecting with that aspect as my Frenchie, like a little bit of pleasure, a little bit of joy. Like, can I just, and it started with that, like literally, can I take a shower today? Can I get dressed today? Can I put on lip gloss today? (laughs) And so I started connecting with these aspects and something started to move within me. Like every day I started looking at just for myself, I was literally playing with my life. Like, okay, my indie, who am I today? And I would journal, where's my Frenchie? And I would do a little thing. And then I started asking, like, I need to do like action. There needs to be aligned action. I can't just sit in the house all day. And so over time I started sketching lingerie and I called this aspect of me, the New Yorker. And so literally Day by day, I started connecting with these aspects of me. I started coaching other women who had lost children. Mm. And they would ask me, you know, what are you doing? Like, literally, how are you getting through the day? Yeah. And I would say, well, I have my my indie, my Frenchie, my New Yorker. I was just, you know, playing. It was fun. It was real. It was working for me. And I started to teach them that process. And now thousands and thousands of women all over the world who haven't lost children, but have felt a sense of loss or disempowerment or disconnection with the fullness of who they are with their own power. Um, And they became the femme types, the Indy, the Frenchie and the New Yorker. And still, that's how it all started. Every single day I connect with my femme types and I have since 20, since, you know, for 20 years, over 20 years. And they literally changed my life. If you think about it too, the the loss of your son gave birth to you, but also to so many other women. Completely. Yeah. On February 4th, when I post his picture, the women in the Elegant Femme community will thank him. They'll be like, thank you, Mason, for Aww. being Elegant Femme. Like, that's literally what happened. Ah, you're going to make me cry. That's so cool. It's surreal to think about it, you know? It's a gift for sure. Such a gift. Yeah. Such a gift. And just this past weekend, we had our we had a live elegant femme event in Arizona. Mm. And my my youngest, who's now 17, came to support the women. And my husband has supported the elegant femme live events since the beginning. So it'll be all the women and my husband, and he'll open the event. <laughs> and this time it was all the women and my husband and my son. 
And my son came upstairs when I was getting ready and he said, mom, it's you. You're the one who did the femtypes. All this talk that everyone's talking about, the Indie and the Frenchie and the New Yorker. You did that, mom. It's not anyone else's. It's yours. You did it. Like quite like he's heard it from the very beginning, but I think there was still a part of him. Like that the, was, he made the connection. Like my mom yeah, did that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. But I mean, obviously he knows, you know, God came through me or however we want to say, I say God, right? Everyone yeah. can say whatever they want, but um, it was so organic. You know, it wasn't something that was a marketing idea. It right. was yeah. level of feeling that came through me. So yeah. tell us more about the, uh, is the indie and the Frenchie and the New Yorker? Yes. Okay. Tell me more about yeah. that. So the indie is the aspect of us, and we all have all three. We'll, we'll say mm-hmm. that. Every woman has all three. So the indie is the aspect that connects us with our being, our mm-hmm. awareness of our self-worth. Mm-hmm. It doesn't give us our self-worth. Nothing can. We know that. We're all worthy. But the awareness of our self-worth, because we forget. Mm-hmm. The indie is the femme type that also increases our capacity to receive. We know mm-hmm. as women that oh, many of us have difficulty receiving. We like to yeah. be in control. And we don't feel congruent many times with space, with really allowing the space to receive. We fill that space with activity, with to-do lists, with actions that we feel like will give us what we want instead of being in a space of receiving. So that's the ending, the being, to simplify it. The Frenchie is all about enjoying. She has to do with body image and Mm -hmm. relationships. And the Frenchie really is the femme type that the majority of women put on the back burner. Mm-hmm. They save her for when the work is done. They prioritize everything else first. They, you know, many women can see the feminine at, or the Frenchie, excuse me, as weak, mm-hmm. as a luxury. And she's mm-hmm. truly a necessity, truly a necessity. Mm-hmm. And then we have the New Yorker and the New Yorker is doing, however, However, (laughs) something really big has changed with the New Yorker because I've said since the beginning, she's not doing, doing, doing just to get stuff done. She's not addicted to the to-do list. This is what we would call the faux New Yorker. And the majority of women are operating inside of their faux New Yorker, attaching Mm -hmm. their self-worth to how much they do or how much they make Mm -hmm. and feeling like if they desire something in the world, the first question is how Mm -hmm. and what do I do? Yep. So this is not the real New Yorker. This is the faux New Yorker. The real New Yorker really operates in the energy of allowing. Mm. Allowing ourselves to do what it is that's most in alignment with our highest good, with the support of the Indie and the Frenchie. So they all work in unison. You know, this is so this is so fascinating because I was sharing with you before, we we're talking about masculine and feminine energies, yeah. right? Which we all have. But I don't think Mm -hmm. I've ever heard the feminine energy or even broken down in a, in a much more realistic way. I mean, it makes so much sense to me. I can imagine myself in every single one of those. And that's the thing that's so extraordinary about it is because when a woman hears it, like it, something, it lands like, oh, I can see this. Mm -hmm. I can feel this. Like it's an organic unfolding. It's not something that we're forcing to have happen. So you have all three and you utilize each one of them in different times in your life or even throughout the day, probably throughout the day for sure. Yeah. Completely. So so give an example of indie. Yeah. Like let's say someone out there is really struggling with something. How could they tap into the indie? 
Yeah. So again, remembering that the indie is all about the being. So connecting mm-hmm. with our our self-worth, our identity. So the way that we honor it inside of Elegant Femme is that we structure our day, what we call the femme type way. And this is really the essential support structure for a modern woman. Mm-hmm. So starting our day with our indie, connecting with the truth of who we are first. It's not about picking up the phone and seeing what someone else wants from us at the beginning of the day and pulling ourselves completely out of our center. It's starting with the any energy. And that's a little bit different for each woman. It might be meditation. It might be yoga. It might be a walk outside. It might be sitting in silence. I mean, it could be any number of things. It's not limited, but it really is intentional to connect with the truth of who we are. First thing, first thing, first thing. Now, when I used to coach young moms, I would have a whole separate conversation about, I understand, right? We might have a six-month-old that we're breastfeeding. So how do we incorporate the indie inside of that conversation? Here, I don't think we need to have that conversation. Like most <laughs> of us, I think we're, we're past that stage. But still, it's those, it's that commitment to, to that without letting our lives get distracted away from us first. So indie first, then moving into Frenchie energy. So for me, my day looks like, and again. I have older children, one's in college, one's in high school, not driving, not carpooling, certainly not breastfeeding anymore. I get to sit (laughs) on my deck for a good hour in the morning. You know, I've set up my life that way. And then moving from Indie to Frenchie energy, which is about enjoyment. It's about pleasure. It's about body image. It's about relationships. So before I do anything with my workday, I'm connecting with my husband with my son. I'm wearing beautiful lingerie. I'm taking Mm -hmm. care of myself in a way that really prioritizes my feminine. Yeah. And then, and only then will I move into my work day, which is the New Yorker, which we have a specific process for that as well. So that we're aligned with the action we're taking. And it's not just about filling space with as many things as possible. I love to do the least amount possible. That's going to create the most movement. Yeah. And then we unwind at the end of the day. We go New Yorker, Frenchie, Indian. Oh, interesting. Yeah. It's working smarter, not harder necessarily. Yeah. And I would say even working like more, more open-hearted and more aligned because it's not something that comes from the mind. It's not an intellectual kind of smarter. I'm smart doing this. You know, it's a really an aligned flow for us as women. There was something you had said earlier, uh, a word specifically, you had said intentional. And I think that's key because sometimes we're so, especially after raising kids, we're like, do this, do this, do this, do this, do this. And then now, especially there's another thing you said too, that I can't remember exactly how you said it, but this is how you set up your life. This is how you've designed your life right now, right? An intentional way. Like this is how my day is going to be. So we all have a tendency to get caught up in the routine of every day that we're like, wait, what did I just do? You know, (laughs) it's not like this is going to be my day and I'm going to take this time aside for myself without guilt, without shame. And I mean, for me, like the times where I've really experienced a lot of losses in my life, it, the only way that got me through it was self-care was Mm -hmm. to really really take extra good care of myself. Yeah. 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 I think that we have a tendency to try to, like you said, without guilt, like we try to fit in self-care as if it's yeah. something extra or that we have to steal right. time for it. And the yeah. truth is that truly when we honor ourselves this way, 
it supports the expansion of everything else. And if we can change this conversation for us as women, that it's not like stealing time. Oh, I'm going to take over here, you know, and I'm not, I'm going to not feel guilty. It's like, what what are we whispering about? Like really allowing it to be a priority because it affects, we know this, we all know it. It affects everything else. It affects our abundance. It affects the amount we receive in our business. It affects our relation. It affects everything. So it's not taking time away. I see this as it it expands everything else in my life. There's no other better place I can spend my time. Yep. It's almost like food nourishing the body. It's that self-care is nourishing your soul. And that's more important. I mean, if you've, you've nourished your soul, it's like, oh my gosh, things do become more effortless. It's true. Yeah. It's really, really true. Like, it's not just a nice thing for us to say. Like, if we all slow down and recognize, like, wait a minute. I know. Can we trust ourselves to prioritize ourselves in that way? Because it's so easy to get addicted to the conscious conversation of the more we do, the better Mm -hmm. we are. Right. You know? Exactly. Like you were saying with the followers and so like, it's great. Okay. But that can't become our, our reflection of our self-worth, yeah. you know, we have to stop chasing. And that's something that the yeah. indie really supports as well. Like to stop yeah. chasing and to really start receiving. And knowing that you're, you're good enough the way that you are. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think for me, that's like when I had my breakdown at 45 ish, although it was like, I was slowly going into it. <laughs> finally like collapsed. But, um, for me, it was, you know, the permission for me to receive for me to love myself, knowing that I was good enough. There was nothing wrong with me. Like I, and yes, like there were things in my life and in my mind that I needed to change old limiting beliefs that had been hanging around for decades, but I was good enough. And not, I was not even just good enough. Like I was beyond, like, I, you know what I mean? Like I'm yeah. really starting to appreciate myself as a miracle of life. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's key. There was something, uh, there was a quote on your website that I loved, uh, because when a woman remembers her beauty, mm-hmm. she remembers her wholeness. I thought that was so pretty. And you wrote that. I did. I did. Yeah. I believe it deeply, you know, Um, again, I I think a lot of us have grown up judging these parts of ourselves, judging the part of us that loves beauty, that loves pleasure, that is here to enjoy, you know, being, I'll speak for myself, you know, being told, or at least my perception of being told as a little girl, right? Like there's not time for that. That shouldn't be important. This mm-hmm. is why we have a tendency. Most women say, okay, I can connect with my indie and I can certainly connect with my New Yorker, but my Frenchie, like that feels so hard. She feels so distant. And it, it is because of the judgments. We forget how healing beauty is internally and externally, right? That's the other yeah. thing. Oh, we can talk about internal beauty because, oh, that's that's safe. That's still spiritual. But talk about a gorgeous handbag and it's like, you know... <laughs> Oh my God, you're, you're evil, you know, so this integration for us, knowing that all things are spiritual, that as we do live into our beauty. And I, I believe that our desires are the impetus to our spiritual evolution. I believe that strongly. Mm-hmm. So 
allowing ourselves to prioritize our desires, what it is we're really wanting to experience in this lifetime. I feel like that is how we grow. Yeah. But I think in this uh, time in our lives, it's a, it's a great time to stop and ask ourselves, what do we want? What do we desire? Because I mean, yes. I, we have changed. Just like you were saying earlier about like, okay, you're just going to want to be a mom. It's like, well, okay, now birdies are leaving the nest and now what? Yeah. And unless we ask ourselves, then we're just going to keep on with the same routine. Dun, 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 dun. And then we wake up in our seventies like, wait a minute, what just happened? I'm totally missed out on that phase of my life. It's true. I think a lot of women say that they don't know mm-hmm. because they have been so used to prioritizing everybody else that the question yeah. can be like, well, I don't know. I don't know what I really want. And I find that typically it's actually, and you brought up this word a minute ago, it's not really that we don't know what we want. It's that we haven't gifted ourselves permission yep. to say what we want. Yeah. So I would encourage everyone listening. I think it's such a beautiful thing to do at this time of year mm-hmm. to really get honest with ourselves about what do we really want? Like, what do we really want? Because also, you know, yes, we change. And I think it midlife, we start to let go of other people's expectations and ideas of what (laughs) success looks like. And when we can discern, like, do I really want that? And my husband and I are getting a sailboat and we're sailing around the world. Nice. Oh my God. That is so exciting. So so yeah, it's like, that's what we want. That's what we want. And so I would encourage every single person listening to really sit down before the end of the year and ask and pay attention to the things that you're like afraid to. And I would write it down, right? And pay attention to the things that you're like, oh gosh, can I want that? Is that okay? Is that selfish? Is that too big? Is that too much? And instead of going into immediately the how, set the how on the side and really play with the co-creation of what it feels like to be alive inside of a desire. You know, what it feels like for us to say like, oh my gosh, like I really want that because it's vulnerable for us yes. to admit. And I think it's going after that. That's what really brings you alive. Mm-hmm. Whatever that is, right? Whether it's a new career or a new relationship or taking a sailboat around the world or taking an RV across the country. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's actually working towards that that really brings you alive and it gets you excited about life again. I agree. And I love that yeah. you said that because I think most of us go to the end result of, well, is it going to happen or is it not yeah. going to happen and attach ourselves to that level of success. But what you said is so true. It's the movement towards the desire is the life-giving dynamic. Yeah. It's that participation in the co-creation that really turns us on. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's like, uh, as human beings, I mean, if we're, we're lucky enough to live till a hundred, let's say you're going to evolve, but we get to choose how we evolve, how mm-hmm. our life evolves. And mm-hmm. I, I feel like sometimes we forget that we have that power and that energy mm-hmm to actually make, be proactive about it instead of reactive. Like I was the queen of like, just being react reactive with everything in my life until I was like, wait a minute, I have choices. Like I can actually go after something. I don't have to wait for something to show up at the door. Like I'm going to go after this and do it myself. And I feel like in, it's in doing all of that, that you gain that courage. Like you can't, like, I can't hand you a jar of courage. 
Like you create the courage in the doing. So mm-hmm. it's like those tiny little rewards, you know, of in the doing that you like feel like more empowered, no matter how small it is. Yeah. I mean, for yeah. me, like when I started off on my RV journey, I'm like, I don't know what the hell I was doing. You know, I was like, I don't even know what this button means. And this like <laughs> lever, I'm like, oh my gosh. But it's these tiny little victories that all added up. And I was like, oh my gosh, like I felt just like the coolest, you know, woman in the world that I was driving an RV across the country, you know, and it wasn't anything major, but it was still just for me, it was like, I'm back. Like I felt more at home with Wendy when I was doing all these little things that just was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. And I, and again, it's, it's so important that when we look at these, I feel when we look at moving towards these things, that it's not only about the doing and that piece of us that wants to be like, it's just up to me. Like there is a co-creative aspect with life because that, that so can so put us into the masculine of like, okay, it's up to me. Mm -hmm. Come I'm going to make this happen. And so many women operate just inside of that, which is why the surrender more and more into the Frenchie and the indie, not to throw the doing out because absolutely, right? right? We're here to experience life just to remember that there is like wholeness along the way or we get out of balance, right? We'll go to one extreme more than another um, and and just forget to to fully enjoy and allow ourselves to be who we are through it. And I know you've done that with everything that you've shared. You know, it's really beautiful. Still doing, you know, (laughs) still doing and learning and being. Yeah, I know. That's what's, uh, you know, for me, sometimes like if I feel like I'm having a really rough day or I'm going through something difficult in my life, and I even am right now, like I do this kind of like zoom out approach, but I'll kind of like zoom out as if like if if there was a drone or something and I would zoom out and zoom out until like, I'm just like this little speckle and I'm like, okay, my problems aren't so bad. You know, like, okay, like let's get back to and just enjoying life the best that you can, like making every, trying the best to make every loss into a gain and, and that there's a gift behind everything I feel. Yeah. Yeah, there is. And and there's also like, we are souls having a human experience. So we go through the human Mm -hmm. experience. It's also not to do a spiritual bypass and like numb ourselves from the intensity, right? There are, of course, going to be extraordinary moments of sadness and grief and challenge. And that's part of us living too and surrendering to the depth of those moments just as much as everything else, not to stop ourselves afraid of being stuck there. So we hold it in and we like manage like to really trust ourselves to go all the way through it. Otherwise it operates underneath the surface and will come out sideways somewhere, yeah. somewhere yeah. overeating, over drinking, over spending, over <laughs> I don't know, complaining over somewhere. It's going to come out sideways, you know? Uh, so yeah, it's the, I, I, I just, that essence of what you're talking about, just remembering that we are, we are all here right now and we are all alive. And what do we want to do with that life force? How do we want to enjoy it? Who do we want to experience ourselves as? Like, yeah. yeah. Speaking of quotes, there's a quote on my website that says, what will you do with your one wild and precious life? But, yeah. And like, that's, that's it. 
Like, what are you going to do? You know? And there's not a wrong way to go about it. You get this one life, like go for it. Yeah. Completely go for it. I would love like anybody who's listening, if you're on the precipice of some sort of decision, Mm -hmm. some sort of conversation inside of yourself, like go, like go all the freaking way, you know, like say yes all the way, because that other thing we'll do is we'll keep our hand right on the back, on the doorknob, like we'll straddle. And it takes so much energy to do that. We're like, oh, what? Just in case it doesn't work, here's my plan B. But think about how much energy is going towards that hand on the doorknob. Like, it's so freaking to be like, I'm in, I'm in, I'm here, I'm all the way. Like, let's go. Obviously, everyone using their (laughs) their own wisdom around what that might mean for them. But like, let's lean in. Let's all of us lean in to life. All of us that have had the the opportunity to make it to my life. Cause we I know. know. Yeah. Well, I've know. been like letting my grays grow out. Like, like all this, like, and wow. still getting Botox. I'm still getting Botox and fillers. I, there are no rules. I can do whatever <laughs> I want. We all can do whatever we want. But the conversation around midlife of like recognizing that, yeah. that we're aging, that things are moving, yes. you know? And, and embracing that, like there's so much beauty to that. Yes. Yeah. Right. I love being at midlife. Like for me, this has been like the greatest. And the one thing I realized when I was kind of starting off on this new journey with this new Wendy, I realized, I was like, what do I need the most? I mean, even actually when I was like literally starting the engine of this RV and I was about to take off and I was like, what do I need the most? Mm. My soul said to me, I need you to get out of the way. Mm. And I realized as much as I would make excuses for shit that I wanted to do in my life, like I want to start this new business or I want to do that, I want to do this, but oh, the kids, and then I got to be here for this and blah, 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 blah. <laughs> and it really what it came down to, I was the one standing in my way. Yeah. So I finally got the hell out of my way. Yeah. And it was like the greatest gift I ever gave to myself. I love that so much. It's so true. It's yeah. so that's not I think it's Stephen Covey that utilizes the definition of responsibility as the mm-hmm. ability to respond. Yeah. And it's like when we step into that power and we recognize that we have the ability to respond to everything, to our desires, to our dreams, to the people around us, to our body. It's like, whoa, scary as yeah. hell can be. And also, wow. Like it's me. Yeah. Literally. Literally. I know. You know, it's like, whoa, what am I doing? And just, and just like Mary and Lisa said, it's, I mean, really what it, it, we're scared of our own light, Mm -hmm. right? We're not really scared of the dark. We're scared of our light because if you gave yourself permission to turn the light on full fucking blast, then you would really have to put yourself out there. You really would. Like you would have to do all the things that you would have to toss all the limiting beliefs out the window. You'd have to turn the light on full blast and you'd have to put yourself out there in whatever capacity for whatever it is that you dream or desire for your life. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was like, oh shit. Like if I really turn the light on in my life and like really let my soul just yes over, 
yes. shit, I got to get out of this relationship. I need to quit this job. Mm-hmm. I've got, like all these things. I was like, oh, and I thought, well, Wendy, you could either resort back and stay in your little uncomfortable comfort zone mm-hmm. or you just go for it. Like, what do you got to lose? Yeah. So it's, it's fascinating though, the, when you do turn your light on full blast, how much lighter <laughs> you feel. That's true. That's true. Yeah. I think like uh, that would be an amazing question for the audience as well. Like if you turn on your light fucking yeah. full blast, what yeah. what's there? What do you see? Yeah. And that feeling that we're so afraid of that if I, if mm. I admit it, if I see it, then I will somehow feel, um, obligated to make all the decisions. I'll know now I'll, I'll have admitted that I've outgrown the relationship or the job or the, this or the, that I'll have admitted it and I'll have to do something. Yes. I know. What I'd love to share with everyone is like, if you just pull back from having to do anything about it Mm -hmm. initially and just gift yourself permission to admit it, you do feel lighter. Like exactly what you said. Yeah. Like you do again, get to choose. You don't have to do anything. None of us have Mm -hmm. to do anything. But at least admit to yourself, turn it all on, like you're saying, see the full Mm. light and then choose. Don't pretend that you're in a corner with no, like facing the corner and you can't turn around. Yeah. Turn around. And then if you want to go back in the corner, go back in the corner. Yeah. But you at least have chosen intentional, right? You've been intentional about the choice. Yep. And I think the how, like, I mean, so we always want to try to have everything figured out, right? The whole plan laid out before we, before we leap, you know? Um, But it's like leap and the net will appear. And that net is not outside of you. You're the net. You're the net. You got to trust that you'll figure the shit out. You do. And the doesn't come until you're really ready to receive the steps. So this idea that we can sit back and plan it all out. And once it's all, Oh yeah. I mean, it never happens. It never, ever happens. I didn't have a business plan for Elegant Femme. I did not. Yep. Mm-hmm. Didn't have a business plan for my fashion line. You know, it's, and again, it's not that there's no awareness, right? Of course there is. There's awareness, there's intention, but not the way that we're taught for me, not the way I was taught in business school. It is very intuitive and a lot of trust in making decisions that feel congruent with where we're called. Like we can trust ourselves. Like you said, I love this. We are the net. Yeah. 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 It's really like, I feel for everyone out there listening, like this is the time right now to sounds corny, but have a conversation with your soul, like sit down with a pen and paper. And if you ask your soul, what do you want? Like, let me get out of the way. And what would you like? Yes. And then just let it pour onto the page. And it's amazing. Like if you don't filter anything, just let it flow. Like you'll find some answers. It's pretty fascinating. Pretty fascinating. It's pretty extraordinary. Yeah. I mean, when we look at things from the soul level, our souls know everything already, right? They know we're yeah. love. They know the ultimate truth. They, our souls know. Our yeah. souls came here for one thing, and that is to experience. That's why mm. we're here. So yeah. when we allow ourselves to have the conversation with our soul of what are we seeking to experience? Mm. It changes everything. It doesn't come, become about the end result of am I successful or am I not? It's I want the the experience of driving across country in an RV. Right. Mm-hmm. I want like what is the experience you're really seeking? Detach from 
is it going to be good or bad or right or wrong right. or successful or not successful? The experience is the experience. And as intense as it is, even for me to admit, but my soul desired the experience of losing a child in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. I believe I said yes to that before I came so that I could grow and evolve in new and extraordinary ways. So if we can trust our souls and trust life, like literally we we can pour ourselves into the experience yeah. and continue to receive, 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 receive everything we possibly can from the experience. Because no matter what the experience is, it has an opportunity to reflect to us more of who we are. Mm-hmm. That was key right there to trust yourself and to trust life. It's that's, that's it. That's it. I know we could have just yeah. talked for one minute together. Yeah. <laughs> just said that. <laughs> just said that. Know, like, myself included, like we like to argue with things about life. Like <laughs> life is life. I mean, there's losses, there's gains, there's birth and death. There's marriages and divorces. There's it black and white. It's, it's all there. It's like, it's the dichotomy of life. If you didn't have black, you wouldn't know white. If you didn't have light, you wouldn't know dark and vice versa. So it's like, we'd love to sit there and like make this like everything so perfect. And I was like, I'm a French pastry chef. So I like had everything absolutely perfect in my life, (laughs) including my pastries. And then I realized I'm like, to embrace being perfectly imperfect. Yeah. And then just allowing things to just flow instead of me trying to control it all. And that's really what it comes down to is just trying to control everything. It's like, no, just let it go. Yeah. yeah. And it's it's funny too, because I see that I don't see life in black and white. I see it in gray. Mm. I feel like the black and white attaches us again to the right or the wrong or the good or the yeah. bad. This mm-hmm. or it's this. Yeah. It's everything. Yeah, exactly. Nuances in everything. And when we can trust ourselves in that nuance, I feel like, right? No, the same thing isn't the same, isn't right or wrong for all of yes. us. It's yep. the trust of like what really truly is in alignment with where you're being called in life so that we can un like release that yeah. little girl inside that's like, I need to be right. I need to get the right answer. Mm-hmm. I need to be the good girl. It's like, no. Yeah. No, that doesn't make sense. Yep, you're a grown woman. Like, like, you know, like live, live into like live into your beauty, live into your truth, live into the fullest expression of who you are. Yep, and enjoy it. Enjoy it. Yeah, we can stop waiting for that part. Like, enjoy it. Let your Frenchie, like, you know, enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. This has been so great. I could just so fun. I love it. Thank you, Wendy. I'll have to come see you in the RV when I get back to the States. I'll just. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> unless you're on your sailboat by then. But yeah, Unless yeah. we stop into Portugal on the port and then. Uh... No, we, we got to do a retreat here. It's on my, it's on my list for next year. Speaking of, so do you, what do you have coming up? Any retreats or uh, you've got online courses? I have online courses. So it's talking about midlife. I made a huge decision this March. I am retiring from live coaching at oh, the end of nice. the year. Yep. So everything for Elegant Femme, like I've I've enjoyed it so much and I've been doing it for 20 years and it's time for me to pour my heart and my soul into my fashion line 
and go sailing around the world with my husband. And we're going to be launching our book. So my energy is going there. And yes, Elegant Femme, I know it's, it's, I'm going to be pouring myself into her in new ways. So we have all of our online courses. We have a brand new quiz called the Femme Design Assessment, which mm-hmm. tells women which femme type they're predominantly operating in. And so which two are being underutilized. So it's a super quick 60 second quiz that will show you, for example, you're predominantly in your New Yorker, you're missing the Frenchie and the Indie. So here's some things to support you. And it actually gives percentages. It's so cool. So, so cool. So that's really the most beautiful entry point I feel into this conversation for women. I love it. And then is that on your, that's on your website? So actually, we have a special link for all of your guests, elegantfemme.com forward slash Wendy. So everyone can go take it there. Yes. <laughs> and that would be a beautiful entry point, just conversation-wise for the Frenchie and to see which aspects of your feminine power are out of sync. Yeah. Ah, this is so cool. I'm excited for you. I feel like there's going to be there's going to be so much more of you that evolves. And then also elegant femme, there's going to be, I don't know, there's some new births coming up here. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, my theme for the year was elegance reborn. I had no idea what it meant until I started living into it, which I feel like is what happens for us. And it was scary. You know, it's scary to bring things to completion for all of us because we've seen our value there. We've seen our success there. People know us that way there. But bringing things to completion creates space for the new. So again, anybody who's listening that's feeling that intensity in your life, that something's complete, it could be something you dreamed about. It could be something you always wanted. It could be something that's not so bad or even pretty good, but I'm not here for, you know, it's, I'm here for extraordinary and exquisite. Yes. To gift ourselves permission to choose. Yes. Yeah. The quote um, from Lao Tzu, what the caterpillar calls the end, the butterfly calls the beginning. Mm -hmm. And so as we approach the end of 2023, it's like, we need to remember that, right? Like, okay, it's time to fly. Yeah. You've been great. Thank you so much. Thank you. Such a pleasure. Such an honor. Absolutely loved it. Thank you, everyone. Have a great day. And, uh, Enjoy the rest of your 2023 whenever this airs. <laughs> yeah. right, bye. bye. Did this podcast inspire you, challenge you, trigger you to make a change or spit out your coffee laughing? Good. Then there are three ways you can thank me. Number one, you can leave a written review of this podcast on Apple iTunes. Number two, you can take a screenshot of the episode and share it on the social media and tag me, Wendy Valentine. Number three, share it with another midlifer that needs a makeover. You know who I'm talking about. Thank you so much for listening to the show. Get out there and be bold, be free, be you.